Hello and welcome to Beyond Markets by Julius Baer, a series featuring conversations with experts to share recent market developments, key insights and strategic inputs from around the globe. Hello, I'm Jenai Chua, Investment Analyst at Bank Julius Baer and welcome to our podcast. Today is April the 18th. April has typically been a good month for stocks. The Dow Jones Industrial Average was up 16 years in a row from 2006 to 2021, with average gains of 2.9%. This winning streak was only broken in 2022's bear market. This makes April the second best performing month for the S&P 500 and fourth best for the Nasdaq going back to 1979. Now that's a great track record, but how likely is it that April 2023 will end on a similarly positive note? High in our view. Top American banks posted healthy first quarter gains last Friday, beating analysts' forecasts, setting the earnings season for the U.S. off on a good note. This lends weight to the view that the banking stress of March is much more idiosyncratic than systemic. J.P. Morgan reported net profit of $12.6 billion U.S. dollars for Q1, up 52% year-on-year, while Citigroup posted earnings of $4.6 billion and Wells Fargo $5 billion. Both are improvements over Q1 last year. So, it looks like fast-rising interest rates may have wrong-footed mid-sized lenders like Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank, but have been a boon for the biggest banks as the turmoil in March drove deposits to bigger financial institutions. In addition, the U.S. banking heavyweights also reaped windfalls from higher interest payments in Q1 and took the opportunity to bolster reserves should loans sour as the economic outlook dims. J.P. Morgan increased its provision for credit losses by 55%, and Wells Fargo put $643 million US dollars into its allowance for credit losses. This was driven mainly by commercial real estate loans for offices, which appears to be a challenged sector. Bank of America will report first quarter earnings today. Now, US Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen has commented that banks are likely to become more cautious and may tighten lending in the wake of recent bank failures. This could negate the need for further Fed interest rate hikes. The jury, however, is still out on this, and many different Fed governors have different views. Atlanta Fed President Rafael Bostic has said that one more quarter percentage point interest rate hike could allow the Fed to end its tightening cycle with some confidence that inflation will return to its target. Governor Krista Wallaber, however, has said that inflation is still too high and his job is not done. This week will be a heavy week for Fed speak with New York Fed President John Williams, Fed Governor Michelle Bowman, Cleveland Fed President Loretta Mester and Dallas Fed President Laurie Logan speaking. Investors will be watching closely for clues as to how interest rates could move. Our Julius Baer House view is for the Fed funds rate to stand pat at 5%, with no rate hikes during the upcoming FOMC or Federal Open Market Committee meeting on the 2nd and 3rd of May. Now, over in Asia, the monetary tightening cycle appears to also be reaching an inflection point with Singapore's central bank joining peers in Australia, India, Canada, Indonesia, Malaysia and South Korea in keeping policy tightening on hold. This means that within Asia, only Thailand, Taiwan and the Philippines have yet to pause. So last Friday, the Singapore Central Bank or the Monetary Authority of Singapore kept its forex policy unchanged after five consecutive tightening moves since October 2021. This was likely driven by the prospect of a sharper-than-expected downturn in economic growth. Now, indeed, the International Monetary Fund or the IMF has said that the balance of risks for the global economy are squarely to the downside, as growth in developed countries slow, 
China and India will likely account for about half of global growth this year. Having said that, the IMF still downgraded India's growth forecast slightly, from 6.1% to 5.9% due to slowing domestic consumption, but projected that India would still be the fastest-growing major economy in 2023. The likelihood of a slowdown is good news for bond markets. Latest data from regulators and bond market associations shows that Asian bonds secured their biggest monthly foreign inflows in 13 months last month on hopes that major central banks would end their rate hike cycle soon to combat a slowdown. Concurrently, the US dollar tumbled to a one-year low against the basket of currencies on Friday, while the euro hit a one-year peak. Bucking this trend, the only major developed economy where regime change has held out promise of monetary tightening is Japan. These hopes, however, received a temporary setback with the dovish tone struck by the new Bank of Japan governor, Kazuo Yuida, during his inaugural press conference earlier this month. Asked whether current aggressive easing should be maintained, he said that he would continue the aggressive easing of the previous regime. The street is not expecting outright changes in the Bank of Japan's yield curve control or YCC policy at the first policy meeting for the new governor on the 27th and 28th of April. However, expectations for higher interest rates have nevertheless stayed alive. The Julius Baer Economics team forecasts that the Japanese 10-year government bond yield will increase by 24 bips to 70 bips in the next 12 months, along with a strengthening of the yen from the current 134 to the US dollar to 123. Uh, by the way, Japan is the only market outside the US that legendary investor Warren Buffett is invested in, and he's reportedly looking to buy more. So only 4% of the Buffett portfolio is non-US, and all of that is in Japan. Some 20% of his portfolio is reportedly in financials, particularly banks, while oil companies make up 12%, and renewables account for none. Now, this should not be a surprise because Buffett is famous for his opposition to ESG or environmental, social and governance issues. He says he does not like making moral judgments on businesses and it is very tough to decide which ones benefit society. He has refrained from investing in tobacco companies in the past for ethical reasons, but is still open to oil and gas. I think many people would beg to defer. 22nd of April marks two special days, Eid al-Fitr, celebrated by Muslims around the world to mark the end of the month-long Ramadan fasting period, and Earth Day, an annual event in support of environmental protection. We would like to end this podcast by wishing our Muslim listeners Eid Mubarak and all our listeners a happy Earth Day. Here's an interesting nugget for you. According to data agency Essence Global, podcasts or radio is one of the most sustainable media channels due to its lower device energy consumption with online video and display among the worst offenders in terms of emissions. By tuning into our podcast, you are doing your bit for the environment. This is Jenai signing off for now. Have a great week ahead. Thank you and goodbye. Get ready for the day ahead. Moving Markets is a daily market news briefing from Julius Baer's leading experts. You'll hear all about the latest ups and downs across asset classes, the underlying drivers, and our thoughts on where markets are heading. Search for Moving Markets on your favourite podcast player. You have been listening to Beyond Markets by Julius Baer. If you like what you heard, subscribe to our show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher or wherever you listen. To learn more about Julius Baer, our people, our latest thinking 
visit us at www.juliusbeer.com. We will be back with a brand new episode soon. The information and opinions expressed in this podcast constitute marketing material and are not the result of independent financial or investment research. Please refer to www.juliusbear.com forward slash legal forward slash podcasts for further important legal information.